Hi everyone, we are going to roll and go for it. Today we are giving you another episode of the Rad Empowerment Podcast. Today we're bringing back Dr. Elise Tercy. If you didn't get a chance to listen to our previous episode, we introduced who she was, what she does, but we'll give you a brief description about that right now. She is a holistic medicine practitioner. It's like a mouthful. I got to look at my notes to, <laughs> to see. But, um, you know, what we were talking about before this was that what we do aligns so much with what she does. Um, and we want to share that information with you. In our last episode, we gave you a really big understanding of what she does and kind of gave uh, her story, her background. So it's a really good episode to listen to. For this episode, we want to give you an experience of what it's like to actually work with her. So we have our, our subject, our <laughs> uh, Diana, Coach Diana uh, signed up, did a consultation, went through the process, and is now a client of Dr. Elise Tercy. And I think w her experience is something that we're going to share with you today, and I hope you guys get a lot out of it. If you do, we are going to be bringing Dr. Elise into the gym for a live in-person, and we'll, we'll stream it too on Zoom. Um, I just made that up in my mind. Uh, but we're going to bring her in, and if you have any questions after this episode um, for Dr. Elise, bring it to that. That's going to be totally free, open to anyone, mm -hmm. come down, get some information, and um, yeah, anything else? So do you want to just um, recap what you do, Dr. Tersey? Sure. So I really help people, very similar to you guys, optimize their health in all ways. I kind of do that from an internal perspective. And I look at all of the things that are applicable to your organs and to your health and to your gut, your mood, your um, physical body, and try to figure out why you might be having some symptoms. So you can think of me, I kind of describe functional medicine as like Inspector Gadget. I'm going to go down the rabbit hole and try to figure out in kind of a blended, connected pathway why your body is doing what it's doing. So we don't chase symptoms. We kind of integrate and blend everything from organs to mindset to thoughts to lifestyle to so many different things that kind of play a role into your health. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, um, well, Dan and Dr. Tercy started working together um, with some personal training sessions mm -hmm. and... I don't know, I guess it came up in conversation, oh, she does blood work and she, you know, what you did. And I think it sparked kind of the thought in my mind, like, oh, all right, I don't really go to the doctor ever. <laughs> so I should probably get my blood work done at some point. Um, and then it just, you know, it was in my mind and then it went away. Right, right. And then you and I started talking again and I realized that, you know what, I really do want to do some blood work. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> we have the blood work here for those listening. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It and was. you and I, I remember the first consultation, you're like, Are you comfortable with getting some blood work done? And I'm like, Yeah, I'll be totally fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but really for me, it's just so important to have like a very proactive approach to my health. Mm -hmm. And I've, I think we do the best that we can with our nutrition, with working out, you know, and staying healthy and, and staying active. I knew at some point I needed to kind of dive in a little bit deeper to understand like, where am I actually today? Right. Like how right. healthy am I really today? Right. You know, because I've spent over nine years working on becoming healthier, mm -hmm. but blood work wise, I just wasn't sure. So that's where you came in. 
for a lot of people, that's kind of the journey, right? Like they're, this field, I would say functional medicine just as a whole, it's not for the faint of heart. Just like people that come into your gym, it's, it's people that are choosing to be there to say, I wanna kind of up-level my physical body, whether that be um, a specific goal, a composition goal, but it is true, there, there becomes a point at which, and this happens for a lot of people, where they're on their journey of health and they're like, I'm doing all I can in my own world, food-wise and sleep-wise and supplement-wise, and it's still very possible that there could be dysfunction. Right. And a lot of times that doesn't mean that someone's not doing it right or they're not taking the right approach, but our health is not just a combination of the now, and I try to encourage people to understand that it could be children. It could start where, you know, a little one and little ones by default, chronic ear infections. Mm-hmm. Okay, we talked a little bit about right. yesterday, eczema. There's some conditions that little ones just naturally get. Well, it can start there for them with mm-hmm. their immune system. And so people kind of come to me thinking, I don't understand. I'm really eating well. I eat whole foods. I eat organic. And that's wonderful. We have to do that. But there is a little bit of um, crossing the bridge to kind of checking in with like, what is happening clinically at the tissue level to, to also assist me to feel good? And that's where this comes in. And I always encourage people that are on their health journey, never feel bad or upset about having a problem when we're healthy. Because there's sometimes this like energy of, I don't understand why I can't do this myself. Right. Like, I eat good. I sleep good. I work out. Like, shouldn't that be enough? Not always. Right. So that's where kind of I come in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think um, before I actually scheduled the consultation with you, the conversation kind of led, I have like this left shoulder pain. I, I, one of my old coaches, Emily, she came and visited us, and I was like, we were doing pull-ups, and she was like, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do pull-ups today because my shoulder hurts. Yeah. And she was, she was the person who, and she visited us like two months ago, um, and she made me realize, she's like, your shoulder still hurts? And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't been a coach of ours in a long time, probably like four or five years. Mm-hmm. So she made me realize like, oh my God, I've had this left shoulder pain. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that stops me. Like I can do things. I can do my pull-ups. I can, but it's just there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you and I had the conversation, it was like, oh, it could it could be tied to your pancreas and your spleen. I had um, childhood cancer, so mm-hmm. it could all be tied to some things from so f- like far away. Totally. Um, and I was like, you know what? If this can go away, like if I can be proactive enough to like try to help my shoulder pain mm-hmm. and just through blood work understand like what is going on in my body with someone that understands and that is going to explain it to me because that's the biggest thing for me um going to the regular doctor per se where the doctor sees you for 10 seconds i was talking to my friend about this um where the doctor sees you for 10 seconds but doesn't sit down to explain anything to you like that just doesn't work no no and and as people i know we've all been kind of we're used to using the conventional medical model and it was, it was actually funny because, to speak to that a little bit, Diana, I had, you know, with my thumb, I had a little ailment, I'm fine, but <laughs> I did a telehealth session at first, and I, I kid you not, two minutes and 34 seconds was clocked. That was it. Two, I said two minutes and 34 seconds, what's going on? Did you do anything? Did you, is there, no, no, 
and I get it, like it, it is a little bit of a, maybe a simpler thing, but I thought to myself, if this is the direction that we're going, especially with more virtual care and more, everything is more techy and more like, you know, people work from home. If telehealth is the way we're going, that 10 minute visit that you're used to has just gone down to two. Right. And so it's probably going to get a little bit more uh, difficult for people to actually get the answers or the time that they need to kind of explore the why, right? And, right. you know, not everybody wants to know why. I have people that are like, just just give me the pill. Like, I've had people come in for their uh, consultations, their initials, and they're like, wait, you're not going to prescribe me a drug? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, I, I didn't know that. Bye. And I'm like, that's okay. Yeah. Right? Like, there is a little bit of an understanding that the functional medicine world is a, a blend of all of it, but it also comes down to you showing up for yourself. Right. I can teach you all the things to do. Are you going to take your enzymes? Are you going to do all the things? That's right. up to you. And that's why we align so well because it's the same thing we tell our members. Yeah. You know, we can't do the workout for you. We can we can write them. We can coach you. We can uh, teach you how to eat clean. We don't with our nutrition um, challenges, which I don't like that word challenge. So, but with our nutrition, we teach them mm-hmm. like why sugar is bad or yeah. what why carbs need to be eaten and carbs are not a bad thing if you're eating healthy carbs right, right. um it's not like here's your nutrition plan or your diet plan and see you later you know we're we we want them to be proactive they need to be able to do the work because the, the longevity so from like a longevity standpoint i don't want to work with you forever as much as i love you guys I want to support you to the goal and kind of teach you things about your body where you're like, oh, I didn't know that there could be connection from a visceral somatic reflex referral pain. So that just means my organs have connection to my my tissues in my muscles and my skeleton, which is Mm -hmm. kind of the concept that can happen. Kind of an analogy that I often give for people is heart. We all know someone that has maybe heart issues, grandpa, somebody in the family. Well, they always say, watch out for left shoulder pain. Like if an older person is saying, my left shoulder is bothering me, beware of that, right? Why? Well, the neurology, when you look up the the connection, the heart has the innervation of the left shoulder. So from a hookup perspective, pancreas, spleen also have innervation of left shoulder. Mm -hmm. Liver, gallbladder, refer pain to right shoulder. Mm -hmm. Kidneys, back pain. So there's this complex, complex network and meshwork that we have a very reductionist thought process in health that what's the one thing, right? Like the problem is here. It must be here. It's got to be here. This is where it is. No. Right. So um, to speak to that a little bit, the, the organs can refer pain to our skeleton. So anybody that's listening to this that maybe has a physical ailment, it may not be coming from a physical component. Right. Which is kind of interesting. And so, that was the interesting part because you asked me during our consultation, did you ever injure your shoulder? And I'm like, no. I've never had like a physical injury that mm-hmm. I could recall, but that pain has just always been yeah. there. Yeah. You know? So I was like, Yeah, no, we want to explore that, right? Especially since your coach friend had said like, it's been years. Yes. You know, and we learn to live with things. There's, right. there's no shame there by any means, but as humans, we will adapt. Our bodies will cope and adapt to anything. But then it's like, oh, this is my normal. This is not physiologic normal. This is my right. normal. You know, it's kind right. of interesting how that works. So, yeah, yeah there's so, so much. There, there was, that was interesting. And talking about my normal, so we did a lot of blood work. 15 pages yeah. of blood yes. work. Yes, 15 pages. Before we go into that, we want to kind of give everyone an idea of the step-by-step 
process. You know, right. Diana was having conversation. There was a lot of curiosity mm-hmm. about what Dr. Elise does. And then it got to the point where you booked your first consultation. And that's the right. first step is the consultation. Yes. And um, in our last episode and in this episode, we'll link your information so that if people wanted to get a consultation. I've already you, told like all of my we're, we're, female we're, we're, we're doing <laughs> that they need to do it. Um, and again, on November 13th, is it? Yes, Saturday, Saturday November, November 13th, 13th. We are going to bring you in uh, at 9.45. We're going to cancel our class. We're going to talk health and being proactive. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do now is kind of go step by step. Diana knows she wants to be proactive. She wants to take the steps to be even uh, more proactive about her approach to her own health. Schedules a consultation. The so- consultation was amazing and very similar to what we do. We you know, you wanted to know, like, what was my goal in health and fitness, you know? Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love her already. Um, but I think that's so important because a lot of times without asking that question, you just don't realize how important it is, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. that's really the part of being proactive that is the foundation to what we do, and I think it's the foundation to what you do. You know, you have to understand why it's important to you, for you to be healthy. Yeah. yeah. And the whys, you know, I, I love that because the whys go so far deep when we go to like why, right? There's so many reasons. Of course we want to feel good and, and move our body, but there's a lot of layers too. And I know that when I was working with Dan, we really got to kind of explore that of like fear and like, why are we doing this? It's so, it's so layered when you find yeah. out kind of like why someone is here or wants to do something or, um, has the goal that they have. Like, you really can learn a lot about a person. But there again, if you're not asking the questions, you don't know. Yeah. So I love that. You were really great. You, you really shared with me a lot of things that were your goals and your past. We kind of go every which way. We go back. Tell mm-hmm. me about your past. Tell me what was going on. Tell me about anything applicable or even not applicable. I always tell people, if you don't know if it's applicable, just tell me. Mm-hmm. It could be something that you're like, I didn't think that was applicable. And I'm like, that's a big deal. Yeah. And then we went to the present, kind of where you are currently, and then also the future, you know, with the goals. So it does. It kind of takes into consideration all the factors. Yep. So we did the consultation. um, So what were some of your goals? So, I mean, for me... Good question. (laughs) That is a good question. Yeah. Um, Just overall health, like at each stage of my life, Mm -hmm. right? You know, I, I, like I said before, I previously had childhood cancer, so being proactive with the way I eat, with the way I work out, um, with my lifestyle. Um, You know, we at RAD preach lifestyle. So it doesn't mean that you have to do like a crazy workout every single day. We we speak about mindset. We talk about nutrition, hydration, recovery, sleep. All of those things are so important to what your body can do and to become or to be a healthy version of yourself. Mm -hmm. So I want to be my healthiest at 24. Just kidding. 38. <laughs> I was like, I always, wait, 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 wait. What work is wrong? I have 38. <laughs> I always say 24. That's the, that's the age I stuck at. Um, at 38. Yeah, that's when we started dating. <laughs> yeah. um, at 38, you know, at 48, you know, and so yeah. on and so forth. I love my parents and I take a look at them and I just like see how much medication my parents are on. Yeah. And it drives me crazy because at no point has their doctor, specifically my father's doctor, said to him, you know what, we're going to get you on this. He's, uh, he's on diabetic, he's diabetic, mm-hmm. um, on this medication, but the goal is through nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle to get you off mm-hmm. of the medication. And here I am trying to tell him that he's 
not listening. So, I, you know, you have to let people make their own decisions. Right. And that's very hard as a coach to let people make their own decisions, especially when it's your dad or your family. Totally. But for me, I know that I see that and I don't ever want to get there. Mm-hmm. So what can I do today to not become that? Because mm-hmm. when you look, when you ask me from, you know, my medical history, you also asked about my parents and my family, and that's where they are today. Yeah. I don't want that for myself. I think that that's a, a little bit of a newer age kind of philosophy. A lot of a lot of our our age, they also understand that. I, I don't know what it is about maybe kind of the the tides are turning because my mom's generation, she's I won't even say how old she is because she'll probably be you told them how old I was. But in her generation, twenty four. Right, she's twenty four. She's twenty four. Um, like the the conventional model that we grew up in, all of us too, since we're little we're starting to see that it's faulted. Like, it's almost like the more we go to, towards that model, it's not a bad one. Like, thank God for that m- model, right? Like, right. Thank, thank God. God. I was <gasps> sick for a very long time, yes. and that model was what got me better, totally, right? Totally, totally. But I can't just sit back and say, okay. Right, we'll you don't want to say, wait, that's we'll, enough. Let me right. just take, hedge my bets on, and, ho- on hope everything as well. But we are in this really cool space right now that people are starting to realize that, oh, this wasn't working for me. Like, I've already gone to my MD doctor. I've already done all the things. I'm on the medication. They want me on the medication. There is a little bit of, like, an awakening happening right now where, like, our generation is super wanting to be proactive. They're like, how could I support myself? Where right. the kind of medical model view, of course, we know it has faults and whatnot, but it is shifting. It is shifting. I think that we're kind of the pioneers behind that as well because there's more people like myself and there's more people like you guys out there that are... Um, educating people right like sometimes it's just a matter of I didn't know that right like I didn't really know that and if they're not going to have a conversation well how could someone learn that right yeah yeah so I don't know where so were after we? the consultation <laughs> yeah you know, you, you, your goals are, are really clear you know uh after the consultation the next step was the to to go and get the blood work done right, right. I came and here once, once you had the blood work Mm-hmm. Right, we got the blood work done first. You filled out the script. Yeah, for we me. did the script. We mailed it. Usually, we'll do the consultation first, and then see what's applicable. And then, if we go the blood work route, generate you a requisition form, which is just the order form. And I always like to share, like, kind of how I did with you. And I probably should like really reiterate, it's a lot of blood. Like I it say, it, like it's a lot of blood, and they're like. You didn't tell me it was that much blood. Like, I said it was a lot of blood. I mean, for me, it was totally fine. But when I went there, the technician was like, are you sure you're going to want to do all of this in one day? And I'm like, but I did, I knew it was a lot of blood. So I had Dan drive me because I have to tell you, afterwards, I... Per snack. You need a per snack. I was very lightheaded, so definitely yes, it was a lot of blood. It's like blood bloodletting, but um, <laughs> it is true that afterwards, I always encourage bring something with you. It's a lot of blood, and if you choose to split it up, like there are sometimes in certain right. cases, people are like, "I'm horrible with blood work. I'll go three times," and um, it's really funny you say that because some people, I get a couple calls from. Um, I, I know some of the lab technicians. Quest is next door in my building, but by default, they're like. Ah, oh, Tercy ordered this. It's going to be a while. Like, they kind of know me now. They're like, oh, she ordered this. We know that she does that. So, yeah, it's kind of funny how that experience is for people. But I do I do ask them, are you okay with blood work? Because if you're not, this may not be the avenue for you. That doesn't mean we can't work together, right? right. Like, some people don't have health insurance. They don't have um, a desire to get all the blood done. That doesn't mean you can't get support. You know, the thing about my field, too, which I'm learning, and I think we spoke about this um, yesterday, is that I could hedge my bets on someone's blood work, where if someone said to me, based on their symptoms, if I didn't have this in front of me, what is going on, 
I'm in year seven of doing this now and there are a lot of common things that people have across the board kind of from a cultural perspective, which we mm-hmm. talked about iodine deficiency, right. how that's super prevalent. We can dive into some of that stuff shortly, but yeah, the blood work is a, um, it's a process. Yeah, it was, it's a it process. was process, yeah. but it's I mean, I was to fine. Note, it's important to <laughs> note that, you know, people listening might say, well, I go to my doctor, I get my blood work done. Yes. So the next part was, a big difference. it was huge. It was totally. a big difference. And it was so funny because every time I speak to Dr. Tercy, like, I'm just excited to go to the doctor. <laughs> I was telling him, I'm like, I hate going to the doctor, right. you know, like I don't. Um, I went and I, my brother just had a baby and I was in the hospital with them, but I don't do hospitals. Like I just, you know, so, but with you, I'm like, oh, I'm excited to go to the doctor. I'm I'm excited to go and see her. But it's really because you take the time to explain (laughs) the 15 or 20 pages of blood work. All the bloods. Yeah. So that was the next step. Totally. And I also, as a consumer in our culture, you know, I had with with this little thing, I had a, a very brief visit and I'm like this is a very um poor relationship mm-hmm. you know the relationship between doctor and patient is just diminishing it's, right. it's it's really diminishing so a lot of people do say exactly what Dan mentioned I got my blood work done but you didn't mm-hmm. and I know that to be true if if people are interested in a little bit more depth we'll talk about this definitely today but I did make a YouTube video it's about 45 minutes long I myself on all platforms but it's about what is the comprehensive blood work because often when people tell me oh I'll link it in the show notes yeah we'll link it definitely it's it's called comprehensive labs on YouTube and um it's it goes into insulin and viral load and the vitamin panels that we can look at and the hormone profiles because that's very true people say i did my blood work my doctor ruled it out my thyroid's been addressed and then i'm looking at their lab work saying your thyroid has not been fully addressed right you've had a tsh a t3 or a t4 and that's three of 12 values right you weren't screened for autoimmunity you weren't screened for any other factors so it's very sparse and you know i hate to say this but it's the truth it's because it's what's covered. It's what's mm-hmm. medically necessary. And, you know, me and uh, Mike Stella, which I know you had mentioned, you saw his podcast stuff, we had this conversation about everything is a diagnosable code. And if you don't fit that diagnosable code, then we won't cover it. Right. But there's many times that I have people that if, if, if we didn't order something that was applicable to how they felt regardless of a diagnosis code that was approved, they could have ended up having some significant concerns. Yeah. We've caught parathyroid tumor, parathyroid hormone tumors in patients, um, autoimmune conditions that are significant. I mean, but they didn't have a lot of symptoms. So sometimes it's like, oh, we want to know what's going on and, and support that process, but not be so like chasing the symptom because the symptoms for a lot of people aren't always present. Mm-hmm. and aren't always there and so right. I love this blood work because as much as I'm able to order I'm going to and it's going to take a look at every single thing possible whether it's not approved by your insurance or not because right. we're not going to use that as the dictating factor of health right you know which yeah. is unfortunately sad but it's the way it works so um we did a lot of blood work on me yeah you want to go I'm okay we, they already asked me if I'm okay this with not going filing my info. We have the patient consenting <laughs> verbally. To... I am consenting. Um, yeah, so let's so, talk about Yeah, let's talk about, talk about it. We'll talk about, I think, for you, let's talk about something that's a little bit non traditional because I think that. So if uh, uh, if anyone's done blood work before, what we are looking at, so I'll just kind of briefly go through iron, 
stored versions of iron energy, especially as menstruating females, we lose blood through our menstrual cycle. And if we're vegans or plant-based, we may be at risk for deficiencies for iron. If we had heavy periods, cloudy periods, sometimes we lose more than average. So we did iron. We did do some of the basic stuff like cholesterol, which is the lipid profile. That's kind of standard. One of the ones that we did that's a little bit non-conventional is an inflammatory marker called high sensitivity C-reactive protein. So HSCRP is the name of the test. Um, it's used as a risk factor for heart and stroke, heart mm-hmm. attack and stroke from the conventional medical model. In functional medicine, we use it as an inflammatory marker. So your inflammation was average, which there again, for someone like you, we want it to be low, but if someone has a marker that's high, it doesn't mean they're doing something wrong. Exercise can induce a low level of inflammation just by default, but that's a big one because oftentimes I find that being a really common marker that shows up for people and they're like, what the heck is that marker? No one's ever done that before. Right. So inflammatory markers, there's a couple of those that we did that can rule in or rule out inflammation, but also inflammation in the liver. Mm -hmm. This cell in particular, it's an acute phase liver protein, which means it's made in the liver and it disperses itself in response to damage. So it's almost like imagine a house is on fire, who's coming, the firemen, they're, they're responding to the damage. That's how you can think about some of the inflammatory markers. Right. So that was a little bit different than the classic kind of blood work. You are not at risk, not nearly <laughs> at risk like your dad in terms of your blood sugar for three months time. So we ruled out that you're not pre-diabetic by any means. Your, your hemoglobin A1C was really, really low, which is awesome. A couple of the ones, guys, and you can you know share with me if we're going too fast or whatnot, but vitamins and minerals. Yes. That is... We ne- actually just spoke about vitamins and minerals. Yeah. And, and if this is good because we probably, like, didn't it. do a really great <laughs> job. So this is a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's okay. We can, we can help support you guys to learn, too, so that you can feel, you know, maybe a little bit more um, inspired to share with your patients. But vitamins and minerals are super important. And I think that because they're so accessible, like, things that are accessible to us are not big deals, right? Like, gummy bear vitamins and... Things we can buy, we kind of take for granted that they're actually therapeutic, but vitamins are running every single thing in our body. Like our our cofactors and our coenzymes all require vitamins to open the cell to be able to use things. So we looked at your vitamins, uh, for example, B1, B2, B3, B5, B7, B12, zinc, iron, iodine, um, vitamin K, vitamin E, CoQ10, the works. And a couple of them were a little bit low. Mm -hmm. Now, there is a difference between functionally low, meaning that you're in the range, but you're not optimal, versus like totally like this is a deficiency. This is an insufficient, you know, value as per the the blood work. So we saw for you there was a couple that were a little bit low, and they're not frivolous at all because COVID, you know, the whole thing that happened now – Vitamin D, people were like ranting and raving about how therapeutic it was. It really does help the immune system so much. Mm-hmm. Um, zinc, tissue healing. I mean, there's so many things we can go into. If we broke apart each vitamin, we could do a whole podcast on what does zinc do. Mm-hmm. Like thousands of things for the immune system, for skin repair, um, cold sore repair, uh, wound repair. There's so many factors that we need to help support our health. So that's a really big one that people often say, oh, they looked at my vitamin D and that was it. And I'm like... That was it. There's more. There's alphabet soup we have to look at. So right. <laughs> that was one of the things we looked at. 
Um, now, Diana, I'm curious to know, so for you, kind of as the person that undergoes the process, were you surprised that your vitamins were, they're not bad by any means, right, right. but they were a little bit on the lower side? Yeah, I mean, I was because I generally eat pretty healthy, mm -hmm. so, and we get a lot of minerals from, but after I started actually writing down what, what right, I was right. eating, which is what we tell our members to do, um, I realized, oh my God, I'm really not eating enough greens and like certain phytonutrients and yes. stuff like that. So that was a good, an eye opener for me. But yeah, I was a little bit surprised, you know, I didn't think my bees would be low because I take a multivitamin that says I have bees, you know, so. Totally. And that's a very important factor that I share with people. And for you, this is not applicable because you have great gut health, but um, for people out there that are bloated or have really bad reflux or um, even like a history of gallbladder problems, those are considered digestive issues, which means that the vitamins that come in may not be absorbed. So just because you put it in your body doesn't mean right. you own it. Right. Now, I always leave this here. These should have been hung, but that's how many vegetables per meal that if you look at like Dr. Um, Terry Walls, if you look at some of the people that are in integrative spaces and are healing certain conditions, that times three. Right. Which we, a I lot told of times you it's like this is my Brussels like little. sprouts. <laughs> and I told you that at one point Dan and I um we did like the zone diet mm -hmm. blocks and when I was like, Oh my god, I was weighing and measuring everything. We try it, you know. Yeah. As long as it's not like a crazy fad diet, but like we'll try it to it's see to because it's something yeah. you know, if someone one of our members are are doing it, we need to be able to experience and kind of guide them. But I didn't realize how much yeah. vegetables I would have to have. I'm like, okay, this is going to not be sustainable forever. Well, for but a lot of people. I would, yeah. Real yeah. quick, on our live, Rita mentioned her bees. Oh, Rita. Low. She, Rita wanted to talk Hi, to you, Rita. by the way. Hi, Rita. Okay, good, good, good. So her bee, bees low also. Bees, yeah. Women need to check the bees. And the reason why is that for, for um, women that are, A, in the exercise space, so you guys work with and are a special population of people. You're right. not just average Joe. Now, remember, this is for average Joe. These reference ranges are kind of like, what's normal? Well, unfortunately, the average person is not super healthy. And because you exercise, you burn more of it. Mm -hmm. You're ripping open sarcomeres. You're ripping open myofibrils and actin and myosin and, and muscle tissue. And the repair process is on all the time for exercisers. Right. So, right. so your metabolic needs go way up. But clinical pearl... If you put that many vegetables into a gut that's not moving, you will be really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. A lot of bloating can happen. A lot of stress can happen. So one of the things that I encourage people is that there again, this is where it gets clinical. People can say, eat all the vegetables, but what if they're not pooping? Right. Well, all those veggies are super um, methane producers and they produce sulfur and hydrogen. Like healthy food's kind of stinky food if you think about like Brussels and broccoli, especially brassica family foods. but. They can just sit in a gut, a gut that has low motility or low movement. They're not moving. So they're right. like, my stomach looks like I'm pregnant because I'm bloated because of my vegetables. So is it possible vegetables are not good for everybody at certain points of care? Yes, we'd have to take a look at the integrity of the gut first to make sure, oh my gosh, you're able to process and move the fibers. Mm -hmm. Veggies are high-dose raffinose. If you put that into somebody's body that's not moving it, they're going to be like, I'm not comfortable. Right. 100%. Yeah. And I think that for in my with my journey, since I've been eating pretty clean and pretty healthy um, for a good amount of time, obviously I still have cookies and cupcakes. We're and humans, all. right? We're humans, right? But um, generally, our rule of thumb is like, 
you know, 85, 90% clean. And then we'll have a, a cheat meal here and there. We'll go on dates. But um, my next step was to really try to understand like blood work wise, what are some things that are healthy that don't sit well in my body? Yeah. And yeah. that came up in the blood work. Definitely. So from a from a food perspective, so this is great because you do eat healthy. So healthy eaters can also have adverse responses to healthy food. So healthy, what does that mean? It's so individual for the person. So I always tell people when someone says, oh, Sally recommended that I should do this. I'm always like, you know how there's like this Chinese um, proverb. I think it's like when you look at the, the cookies, the fortune cookies, um, they say, to make it funny, you say in bed at the end of it. Yes. Like, all your wishes will come true in bed. Well, I always say for people, at the end of a statement that anyone makes right. about health, for me. Right. Because it's not about Susie and Sally and what worked for Jessica. And, for example, ketogenic diet. Somebody could be amazing and they're like, I lost 45 pounds. You should do this, Diana. Right, yeah. And then you have a fatty liver. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a gallbladder, and you go to do keto, and you're like, I'm bloating, I'm not comfortable, my bowels are not good, I'm not losing weight, in fact, I'm gaining, why? Is it for me? So I always encourage that. Now, to speak to that a little bit, that healthy food can be not, I wouldn't say bad, but like not supportive for people depending on their their body and their, right. their own tissues. So for you, what Diana is referring to is her histamine levels. So your histamine levels were a little on the higher end of the range. Now, histamine is normally a byproduct of an immune system cell. Okay, so histamine comes from the lineage of what's called mast cells, which mast cells are part of basophils, which basophils are in the family of white blood cells. Mm -hmm. Well, when we have a histamine response, what can happen is that you may feel allergy prone. So the classic like antihistamine, Benadryl, that can be helpful for people that are like, oh, I'm a little like, <clears throat> I'm a little sinusy, I'm a little like scratchy eyeballed. Right. But histamine issues can also be systemic, not just neck up, not just allergy prone. They can be widespread where there are conditions, things like, for example, mast cell activation syndrome. People can be having a full body reaction to histamine and not realize it because it could be very low level where they're like, I'm a little itchy, just a little itchy, just at night. I'm just a little, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my detergent <clears throat> clearing their throat. Right. Um, gut issues. Those are actually all things that can happen when people are having problems processing their histamines. Now, we as humans, we naturally produce histamine. All of us do. There are sometimes genetic defects where someone doesn't have a specific enzyme I do enzyme therapy. Like everything that you're currently taking is right. not supplement based. There is supplements that we're using, right. but they're enzyme required. Because in that moment, when we're talking about histamines, uh, you may not be processing it from a enzyme perspective on the, on the DNA level. Mm-hmm. There could be an enzyme deficiency. Typically diamine oxidase is the name of the enzyme that processes out histamine. There's another one as well, but we don't genetically always test everyone for these things because that could be super expensive. Um, but you had a histamine intolerance where you were having histamine floating. And remember, this is blood work. Right. So it was floating around in your blood, and it can cause some obvious or sometimes low-level symptoms. It doesn't need to be just allergies in the classic conventional model. Now, why that's clinically important for you is because that is a lineage of white blood cells. Right. That same, that same 
immune system cascade. And so for me, when I'm thinking about Diana and Diana's history and Diana's goals and Diana's health, I want to know not only what the obvious white count is, red count, you know, all that classic stuff, but also histamine as well. It's part of the immune lineage. Right. Okay. So that was one of the ones you were 3.3 average. It's about uh, 1.8. Right. So that was pretty high. And the funny part was, you the know, foods. this, the food, Yeah. I'm like, you know, we started looking at what do I eat? I eat bananas. They're high in histamine. I love bananas. Yeah. Avocados. You know, um, what else? Berries. Shellfish. Shellfish. Chocolate. Cacao. Right. right. Wine. My wine right. drinkers. That's a really common one. It could be sulfites. But it... Maciel says she can't hear. Oh, oh. Maciel. Hi, Maciel. It'll be I, By the way, I got your text message. I'll text you after this. We're, we've been here. <laughs> we're here. We're here. Um, but... That is where it also gets very clinical because our tissues can have dysfunction and our food affects our tissues. Right. So is it really just your own genetics? It could be. It could be there's a little bit of a clearing process happening. Could it be that you're also eating like maybe in the same day, banana for breakfast, avocado for lunch, yes. a little bit of chocolate <laughs> protein powder later in my day, a little bit of wine at dinner. Those are all like histamine, histamine, histamine. So your body is working a little bit harder to try to break it down. It gets stored in high amounts and then it floats around through your blood. And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be classic allergy symptoms of, oh, I'm itchy and water. It could, but it also could be, I'm tired all the time. Yeah. Because your immune cell is like, we're on, we're on, we're on, we're on, right. we're on, we're on, we're burning. Right. Yeah. And I, I do get tired a lot, right, Dan? <laughs> we were talking yeah, we about that. Just a little bit. I take <laughs> I take naps that consist of like hour, two hours yeah. sometimes. So, but you know, and crazy enough, I thought you know in the past I've been anemic, so I was blaming it all. Oh, I'm probably a little anemic right now. Yeah. But no. No, your iron looked fine. Your iron, your percentage of cells saturated in iron, your ferritin, all the things that are are kind of like the energy from iron looked fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't do the comprehensive, you're going to miss out is the point. Right. You may get some great results from blood work, but if you don't do the comprehensive, you may end up missing out on things that are super applicable. Um, you didn't have any heavy metals, lead, mercury, arsenic. You were she a doesn't little... like that kind of music. <laughs> no heavy metals anyways. Joke. <laughs> Bad joke. No, uh, that's okay. Dan. Okay, Dan. Dan well, joke. <laughs> We One just got, things. like, three more people to follow because of that joke. No, okay. Go. They might. They might. You might have a heavy metal person out there. Um, iodine. Iodine was low. Yeah. And and the I I eliminated salt from my nutrition. I know. Tell them. Tell them I was People, wrong. please. If you're watching this and you take one thing away, please consume iodized salt. There was this craze back in, like, I don't even know what era it was, but everybody was like, no salt, hypertension. No salt, no salt, no salt. We got on the bandwagon of low-sodium diets. Well, in certain populations of people, salt is not appropriate. But for my exercise junkies, a little tip here clinically, salt your food before your workout. I guarantee you'll feel a little bit more of a energetic pump, if you will. Salt is so important for heart muscle contraction. It is so important for the adrenal glands. If you look at the adrenal glands, they're like little baby glands. We have two of them. They're governing our glucocorticoid production and mineral corticoids. All that means is they're helping us modulate our salt intake. But we need salt, and not only regular salt. We don't need the pink salt. We need the iodized, old-fashioned, Morton with his umbrella, iodized salt. Because our culture, our soil doesn't contain iodine as much as it used to. 
And unless you're eating sea vegetables like wakame or kelp or nori or things that are heavily iodized by default, we don't have that in our culture. Like we're not getting enough iodine. Now, I always say for people, I would bet unless you're supplementing or eating a high-dose iodine-rich diet, you're deficient mm -hmm. 100% of the time. Now, range 52 to about 110, you were coming in 57. Mm -hmm. So you were in the spectrum, right? And if I wasn't diligent, I'd be like, oh, Diana, everything looks great. Perfect. Nothing is blue or, or red. But when we start to really look at the values, little bit on the lower end with the zinc, little bit on the lower end with the iodine, okay? Mm -hmm. Little bit on the lower end, biotin B7. Biotin is in the same family as like collagen and keratin. Right. People are like, oh, I need biotin for my hair, skin, and nails. It's a B vitamin. Mm -hmm. But 967, high could be 3,000. Right. So you're only about 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. So all of that stuff is very important because that's how you rebar, uh, rebuild and repair tissue. Not just composition tissue, but also um, immune tissue. Right. And also hormones, mental mental health hormones, like serotonin and dopamine, super, super important that we have enough cofactors and coenzymes to get those happy hormones into the brain so that I feel like, oh, I feel calm, I feel grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So histamine, we talked about kind of what we're doing to support you. And, you know, my thoughts around lifestyle is that I never am like, don't have this, don't have that, gluten-free, corn-free, soy-free, dairy-free, sugar-free. It's like I'm eating a plate of ice cubes and I'm drinking water and I'm, I'm trying to be healthy. Like, that's not healthy either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we have to have you having certain foods. There's benefits, but right. just not back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back. Right. So I will have avocado again in my you life. You have to. But... I mean, there's healthy fats <laughs> to it, right? Um, let's see what else we want to talk about here. Anything else, Diana, that you recall that was like, oh, I definitely remember this being super kooky. The histamines, the beads, the beads. which we're trying, these are the things that were working on for me. Lowering my histamine, mm -hmm. or no, yeah, lowering my histamine, inflammation in my body, the yes. bees. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the Epstein bar. That's a big one. That's a big one That's because big one. I was blaming my being tired on my iron. Yes. So let's talk about Epstein bar virus. Now, I am going to be hosting a workshop about this if anyone's interested to learn oh, you more. See, perfect. It's <laughs> divine that we're talking about this. And the reason why is because it's such a prevalent thing that people don't know a lot about. Mm -hmm. um, typically, when people get Epstein bar virus for the first time, it's in the lytic phase. That's what we call it. It's like my first exposure, you may have sore throat. You right. may have uh, white patches. Right. You go to your doctor. Doctor says, negative strep, go home. Yep. And then you're like, I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same person. Viruses can reactivate and go dormant. The nature of this virus is it causes certain lymphomas, certain autoimmune uh, conditions, multiple sclerosis, Burkitt's lymphoma is another very common one. And in the cancer space, doctors are looking for kind of viral load. And then also it causes chronic fatigue syndrome, right. which is that like relentless of I can sleep all day, yes. every day, no matter if I slept seven hours, eight hours. Women tend to deal with this a little bit more than men. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure why, but you have, just to share here in your lab work, not a new infection, not an infection that was there the first time, but an old memory, a very robust memory. Um, we'd call it triple digit because the numbers are pretty elevated. And often with my triple digit EBV people, what we find is that they are exactly what you're saying. They're like, I could sleep all day, every day, no matter where I go. It's just like un unrejuvenating sleep. 
um, sometimes low-level sore throats where it's right. like I feel like I may be getting sick, but it doesn't happen. Kind of a good analogy, like I have a big cold sore in my mouth today, but the point is that this is also a virus, and it's not always active, so sometimes it... Sorry. <laughs> Tech difficulties. <laughs> to no, that thing is so silly. Thing. Um, viruses can become active, and then they hide, and then they come active, so you may have moments in your life. <laughs> what did you is do? Is someone laughing at you? Uh, Elise. <laughs> camera is great. It's yeah, obviously thanks, Elise. me. I know. Oh, I just closed the camera now. There you Hopefully go. Oh um, my gosh. That's okay. We're still we're still recording here. Yeah. Yeah. For those that are listening to this, we're trying to also record this for Instagram, but we're not that. But techy. Dan, Dan um, we're gonna horrible. have to get another uh, video. I don't, videographer. I don't think it's actually Dan. I think it's that silly thing. No, it's me. <laughs> um, the point of the story, though, is that viruses, they're not always active, and they go in moments of, like, um... <laughs> Just keep going. Just keep going. It says reconnecting, so I'm, I'm reconnecting. You broke my phone. I can see did. that Dan mentioned uh, great camera work. He's, 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 um... You may have to just turn it off, and then we go back to it. Yeah. But, um, anyways, the viral load is a big deal for women, and if anybody has Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune thyroid... I would bet they have Epstein-Barr hiding in the background. Now, you do not have Hashimoto's, mm -hmm. but we're working on your immune system to try to keep your immune system more revved up right. so that viruses that are quiet, they stay quiet. Mm -hmm. They're hiding. They're not right. always out to play. It's like it's one thing to have a virus in the body and in the blood, but it should be dormant. When it comes out, we have symptoms. We get whatever. Now, Epstein-Barr is in the herpes family, mm -hmm. Okay, which it's a really common virus. Everyone, it's like chickenpox. Right. But not everybody has the same immune response to it. Some people, they get it, they're fine, there's no big problem for them. Other people, they get it, and they don't have the best time kind of uh, later in life mm -hmm. coping with the, the symptoms. And right, the I, th and I, number one. The, I think the fatigue was really where I realized, like, where I linked this. Because I can literally sleep, if, if I didn't have to wake up to an alarm, mm -hmm. and I've been working on trying not to wake up to an alarm... But if I didn't have to wake up to an alarm, I can easily sleep 7 to 18, 18 hours in a day. And then I wake up, my eyes are super puffy, my face is just like super puffy, I would guess from like sleeping for so long. But I'll wake up and I'll still be tired. Like I could go back to sleep. Yeah. And it doesn't happen always, but there are just days, you know, once every few months where I'm just like, I need to just, yeah. and I tell Dan, close the door. Don't bother me. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. And I'll sleep almost a full day. Yeah. It's crazy. That is oftentimes this virus. So if somebody Googled Epstein-Barr and the symptoms associated with it, obviously mononucleosis, which is the name of the disease that is associated with the virus, but later in life, chronic reactivation, chronic fatigue syndrome, energy. I'm in a lot of groups because I'm so passionate about this because I also have this virus. I had it. A lot of people have had it. Not about if you've had it, because probably chances are you have. But I remember um, I was not the same after. Mm -hmm. I was not the same. I would complain. I was probably in high school or college. I forget at the time. And I was missing so much school. I missed three months of school. All I would do was sleep. Right. And in our in our old house, we had like a little bit of a windy staircase, and I would be like winded by the time I got down. I'm like, Mom, I'm so tired. Like I just want to sleep. And I mm -hmm. and I knew I'm like, there's something not right. Like mm -hmm. something is not right here. And then. As I got older and started to kind of explore my own health and, and, and really be inquisitive to, like, why why is this happening? My younger sister, she also had Epstein-Barr. She started to say the same thing. I'm like, there's something to this. Like, why are we all wiped out? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And we don't we don't know enough yet about the nature of the virus, but it is a known causative agent for energy levels. So you make energy. Let's pretend this is your energy, your ATP. Virus says thank you. Mm -hmm. You make more energy ATP. Thank you. Now that doesn't have to show up for people as low energy in the day. It could. It commonly does, but it could be recovery. Mm-hmm. People that are like, I worked out legs three days ago and I'm not recovered. It's been four days. Well, that's another pathway because you're not, your cells are not having a mitochondrial response, a.k.a. the energy systems are going like this versus this. Mm-hmm. We want you clearing and moving and moving all that stuff. So, yeah, there's a, lo- there's a lot of people out there that they don't realize that this is actually a big concern. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, though, you had great results. Yeah. A couple little things. So other than that, Diana, you had great results. Right. I mean, overall, I mean, we obviously focus on the things that I'm working on to become healthier. Become healthier, right. Um, But we were happy overall, right? Like, I'm still doing a great job. You're doing a really great job, (laughs) and there's a lot of things that could have come back as pertinent and applicable and you know, hormonal issues, estrogen issues, progesterone issues, pregnenolone, heavy metal exposure, mold exposure, allergies, flagging things left and right, really bad high sensitivity C-reactive protein, really bad. No, there's just a couple baby little quirks that need some support. Okay. And so the cool thing is that you have me on some enzymes. Mm -hmm. Can you explain the difference between, you touched upon it a little bit, but the difference between why enzymes could be important as opposed to vitamins? Yeah. So vitamins and supplements can only work with an enzyme. We don't really like talk about this maybe in like basic cellular biology if we took out our textbook. Enzymes are the key that open the door. So you can take all the bees you want. Now we didn't talk about this on this podcast. Maybe we can dive into methylation issues. Mm-hmm. Certain women don't have enough B vitamins because they're not methylating them, which means they're not actually rendering the vitamin available for use, which is really important for... Um, creating spinal cords and the neural tube of, of babies in, mm-hmm. in utero. That's why when women are, you know, trying to uh, attempt pregnancy or anybody that's trying to have a baby, one of the things doctors will always recommend is prenatal vitamins because they know, oh my God, the bees are how we make babies' brain and spinal cord. Uh, but the point of the story is that just because you put a supplement like a bee or a CoQ10 in, you may not be able to use it from a genetic perspective. If the genes are a little bit altered, there could be some processing issues. Also, if someone's enzyme deficient, so for example, for with the histamine response, you may have an enzyme that you're not actively, maybe actively using as much as you want to be using it. Right. So your histamine clearance is just not as effective as it could be. Okay. It's kind of like imagine like I don't know. Imagine um, windshield washer fluid on like a dirty windshield. Your your windshield washer fluid and your wipes are working, but when they work, it's still really foggy. You're still right. like not clearing out some of that stuff. So enzymes are really why we're alive and a lot of people are enzyme deficient and that's that's my work what I do is I'm known for the blood work but then also the treatment is not just supplements I'm I'm very active with using enzyme therapy right because that seems to really make the most difference in terms of clinical symptomatology for people to feel better supplements they're rendered null and void if you can't use them because you're enzyme deficient Mm-hmm. So we look at like kind of like how do you get vitamin A into the version that we, we need to be used in the body. There's an enzyme pathway that runs that. How do we convert estrogen to testosterone or vice versa? There's an enzyme that does that. If you look at point A to point B in your body, who is doing the work? The enzymes are. 
Right. But no one's talking about that. They're just talking about putting the thing in. The thing is there, but who's making that thing move and groove and work? That's where we get a little bit into some trouble for people in terms of, I have women that come in with like buckets full and um, one woman, she brought me a suitcase worth of stuff and I thought she was going to like go to the airport from here like she was leaving. <laughs> She's like, no, no, I brought my enzymes or I brought my supplements for you to take a look at. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't believe it and she did not feel good. Her blood work was not good at all and half of it wasn't even being absorbed. Right. So not that I'm against them. I use and I use supplements. I use right. herbs. But you have to have the, the foundation. So think of the vitamins and minerals like the furniture, but the floor and the walls are the enzymes. Right. You can put all the furniture in, but the floorboards, if they're not there, it's it's not really going to be helpful for you to sit on the chair. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm on three of them right now. And I have another video, too, about this on YouTube. So I do make videos because these are very common questions. Every single cell that we have has like 7 trillion enzymes per cell. Enzymes, not not cofactors, not vitamins. So we are super deficient. Anytime we cook food, bye-bye enzymes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of wild how we're a little bit deficient in our culture. Interesting. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is just the podcast, but essentially this is everything that she explained to me yeah. during our, you know, our visits. Our sessions. Yeah. And we can dive more into that. Like if there's more that you're like, oh, as I'm learning this, I want to learn a little bit more. We did test two of your enzymes. We didn't talk about them because they were fine. Amylase and lipase. Are you digesting carb? Are you digesting fat? You are. Mm-hmm. Okay, they weren't applicable, um, these guys here. They weren't applicable to you in terms of not digesting them. Right. But you have enough enzymes in that capacity. We don't really test all enzymes. Like some people say, well, where's the blood work testing for enzymes? We can't. There's way too many of them. Right, right, right. Only when there's genetic defects for people, then they may go looking at enzyme deficiencies. But we don't even have to assume we can just support the person with enzymes. If you need them, you'll benefit. If you don't, you it won't do anything bad. It'll just not do anything for you. Right. But most of us do need them. Wild, right? Yeah, I know. Super. I don't know. I, I love it. I think it's super interesting. Other than that, though, that was pretty much the crux of your specific blood work. Dan, I'm interested to see your blood work, too. I know. I know. I'm, I'm know. like, We're I want to see it and see what's going on. I know. On we want to see Dan. I actually, um, I did blood work with another doctor, holistic doctor, going to see how that goes first, and but I'm 100% already. Well, we can always have another pair of eyeballs, right? Larry? I'm already exactly. like, I should just, just, just <laughs> I know. But, you know. I When I got home, I'm like, oh, Dan, you're going to have to switch doctors. But, well, um... Uh, we're on the live uh, just to let everybody know. Dr. Elise will be Does anybody have any questions? There's, questions? One, there's no one in there now, but I'm going to post okay. this. Yeah. So, um, uh, I know that um, you can end the live. Yeah, but well, I do so have... just before, before, so Dr. Elise is going to be at RAD on November 13th at 9.45. Yes. If you have yes. questions, if you didn't get to see this in full, you can listen to the podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I had two questions it. from two <laughs> people. <laughs> What does that say? I don't know. Um, I had two questions from two people. Um, one was, well, yesterday I asked you if you work with children, mm-hmm. and you do. Yes, I do work with children. Children are are kind of where dysfunction starts. Right. The thymus. Right. Yeah. I love that. I think the word is cool. We should get you a shirt. Like, I know. What I'm Diana. The- I know what the coach thymus. <laughs> I feel like you need that. But yeah, the thymus gland is is not talked about, but it's a gland that is the major producer of T lymphocytes in our body, which the T lymphocytes 
are a massive part of our immune system. We have we have uh, we can dive into this. It's probably a, a little bit uh, convoluted now, but we have a whole host of people in our body that can help us with our immune system. T lymphocytes, B lymphocytes, cytokines, uh, prostaglandins, CD4 cells, toll-like receptors. There's this like massive network of immune cells, but the thymus gland is a very important one for kids because they basically produce a lot of their immune cells from that gland up until puberty. Mm-hmm. Then in adults, it kind of goes away and then we have other functions that we've made all the T cells that we've need, we've uh, needed from our thymus. We then switch into using other versions of cells to support the immune system. But the thymus is a very big gland um, when it comes to people that have immune system dysregulation in little children, mm-hmm. in like the younger generation. I think puberty age under. Yeah. Is there something that they could be doing to kind of help support that gland a little bit? Yes. There's actually a lot of herbs and enzymes. We didn't give you anything yet. I'm trying to see if I have any in here. There are thymus, thymus supporters. Now, um, brand-wise, my favorite brand, Loomis, is professional grade only. Some of the brands I use are only professional grade, but absolutely. Mm-hmm. There are nutrients that the thymus gland requires that you can definitely support the body with. Mm-hmm. I usually look into that when I'm having little kids that are frequently sick. Mm-hmm. Like little ones that are like, they're constantly sick. They're, con- they're like, again, month after month. And that is kind of normal, right? Like little ones are just picking up all the germs of the world. But there is a little bit of like, this is beyond just little Johnny got a cold. Right. This is right, like right. a recurring thing. Yeah. Yeah. But there are there are supplements and enzymes that you can use to support the thymus. It typically lives between um, the lungs and then it shrinks down and then it turns to fat. Mm-hmm. In, adult, in adults. It's kind of like, I did my job, thanks. See Bye. you later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was a cool one, I thought, and that I learned from you. Um, and then the other question was eczema, especially as a child. Yeah. Little ones are known for skin issues. Anything skin is always gut. So moms out there that have little babies, dads out there that have little ones, and they're like, our child has a lot of dandruff, cradle cap, a lot of eczema, which is an all eczema is an autoimmune reaction to something. It could be a histamine issue, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, it could be dermatotoxins. It could be things that cause irritation. Often we go to the gut, and then if you ask them how are the, how are your children pooping or are they bloated, and you'll get all sorts of answers. No, they don't like to poop. They're mm-hmm. going once every third day. If we can't process through our gut, which is our immune system it tries to come out through our skin. So skin is phase three liver conjugation, which means my detox pathways are urine, sweat, stool, and then if it can't come out, that's it's it. gonna come out through your skin. Yeah. Eczema also has an immune component as well, so there could be something just with the immune system not being regulated, where that's causing some problems too, where they get like dermatical graphia, where if I drew on them, oh my gosh, it's so red the next minute. Mm-hmm. It's like their skin has all these, um, cells that are coming to the surface causing problems for them. So eczema is autoimmune. Yeah. It's an autoimmune skin condition. Why is it coming from gut? Gut is the immune system. 90% of your immunity is in your gut. 90% plus of our immunity is in our gut. So if we're not pooping, if we're bloating, if we're refluxing, if we're on proton pump inhibitors, Prevacid, Tagamet, Zantac, if we're taking naproxen pain modulators, so the fitness industry is sometimes living and working through their workouts on three Advil yeah. before the lift. <laughs> yes. That'll chew up your stomach, and that'll cause leaky gut syndrome. Right. And if you're not supporting your gut, food comes in, 
and it leaks out into your blood and your blood goes, why are you here? So leaky gut is another thing. So it always goes back to the gut. Yeah. I know. We could talk about leaky gut. I mean, I don't want to keep asking questions because I feel like we can go into we, we could. so we can many things. Maybe, maybe for people that are like, this is really interesting, yeah. come to the, the, yeah, the real life session. So I think that's where we can, right? Do you have any, any other things? No, that's, I mean, So maybe really... that's where we'll end it um, because I'll let this person maybe ask the question about, and I don't know if if I'm going to say this correctly, Shrogan's yeah, syndrome. Yeah, Shrogan's. Yes. syndrome. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think her symptoms are constantly thirsty, dry throat, dry eyes. That's the nature of Shrogan's. It's an autoimmune condition, very drying. But there again, I'd want to know what's the integrity of your immune system. Mm-hmm. Now, for you, Diana, we did this, but you don't have any autoimmunity going on. Mm-hmm. There are times people do. Yeah. Where we get their blood work back and they have an autoimmune condition and all sorts of kooky things. So for her, there are no cures for autoimmune diseases. There's only symptom support. Like if someone said, what's the medical cure for Shrogan's? There is none. It's all based on, oh, you have dry eyes? Eye drops. Eye drops. Oh, right. you've got a sore throat? Eat sugary lozenges all day long mm-hmm. and then have your teeth teeth rot off. Um, <laughs> some of the recommendations are like that's that's what they gave to you, but yeah. the point is that we don't treat symptoms. We get to the core of why is the immune system so reactive. Right. We can give you something, of course, if someone's really inflamed, they need it, right? Like they need the support. But yeah, Shrogan's is in the same family as anything autoimmune, Hashimoto's, uh, multiple myeloma, multiple sclerosis. The immune system is activated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we will leave it there because yeah. we could probably sit here for if another. If you are still with us, you're definitely coming on November 13th. Right. Yes, please yes. come and bring because questions. Because this information is definitely helpful, um, but I'm sure you have questions of your own. So, you know, the only way that we're going to get those questions answered is if you email us. Or we already have two people on the live that said, I got her contact info. Perfect. So, right. And I know. Um, um, I'm well, linking everything yeah. in the show notes to uh, Dr. Elise's YouTube channel, the ones we referenced, her website, her Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you know, I know they'll be in the show notes, but if you want to share with people how they can get in touch with you, what it would look like, we know we know it's a first Any platform. Just connect with me on any platform. I'm just myself. I'm on YouTube as myself, uh, Instagram, Facebook as myself. They can connect with me. What also is uh, applicable as well is if someone thinks that they want to work with me, I always tell them, you don't even have to call me. It's self-directed. You mm-hmm. would schedule your discovery session. My calendar gets pulled up. Just go to the website, calendar, date, time, book it. Everything comes to me. There's some just paperwork, very, very um, simple yeah. to fill out. It's, it's a pretty um, seamless process. Yeah, and it's, it's exactly like us because guess what? We meet you where you are. So however right. you want to get in touch yeah. with Dr. Elise, Whatever works. all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is take action. And uh, that's, what it, that's what it's like. And that's why we align so well because we're about this podcast, um, you know, our journey, our goals, our passion is all about you leading an empowering, healthy life. Um, that's why we have the Rad Empowerment Podcast. So if you have questions, comments, even for us at Rad CrossFit, visit us at www.radcrossfit.com and get in touch with us or message us on Instagram. You know how to get in touch with us. At, at um, this point, everyone has our cell phone number. Yeah, so. I mean. <laughs> Connect. <laughs> yeah. You know where to find me. So um, thank you. Yes, thank you, thank so, you much, so much. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for coming. I'm so happy to, to, to have been here with the Rad community. I love the community. And I feel like when the people do show up, they're like, that's her. I've seen her in the gym, right? Like, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm kind of an in-house person anyway, yeah. but totally. Yeah, thank awesome. you guys for coming. Thank you.